Sean Taj here, the mayor of Nertropolis. And today I have a special guest with me who is an icon and has an impressive film and TV resume. Please welcome Tony Todd. Good to see you, my friend. How you Hi. been? I know you've been working on a play, I heard. Yes, sir. This is my one day off. And that's why I'm trying to squeeze in all this publicity for a fantastic movie, All Gone Wrong. But yeah, we just finished our third week of rehearsals for the first deep breath at the Geffen Playhouse out here in Los Angeles. Well, that's exciting. I know um, theater uh, is a big love of yours. Uh, absolutely. And to start the year, we're doing a play, and a play the Chicago critics are calling the next great American play. I couldn't be happier. The only well, thing I'm super I'm excited for you. Is that and, and equity and the Actors Union for theater, they only allow one day off a week. So that's how much I love this. We'll use it wisely for sure. Um, yeah, great movie, All Gone Wrong. I really enjoyed it. I love that you're Thank a part you. of it. Thank and um, it was awesome to hear that it was a Kickstarter project. You know, it wouldn't have happened really unless it was backed by this Kickstarter project to kind of help with some of the funding. What impressed you most with working on a film like that? that really need to get, you know, use Kickstarter to get off the ground? Well, first of all, that was kept for me. I had no knowledge of that. Uh, they, they didn't reach out to me until they had the funds necessary to shoot my segments in the film. I know after the fact that when I finished doing my work that they had to raise money to finish the film. Um, but uh, my name was never associated with trying to, I hope it wasn't with raising funds. Anyway, independent filmmaking is the future of the world. Uh, you know, more and more of the big Hollywood tent movies are not bringing in what they once did. I know COVID is part of that. But independent filmmakers, that's where you find passionate scripts. That's where you find uh, scripts that are unique stories done by people that don't necessarily live in Hollywood. And I'm attracted to that. No, that's very true. You're no stranger to independent movies. Um, this one definitely grabbed at you. Once again, you play a boogeyman type character. No, I don't like that term. I you don't like that term? No, I don't. <laughs> First of all, he's a, he may be a supplier, but his hands are never dirty. So uh, that's that is very true. Is It's a small town. It's not a big city crime drama. It's a small, sometimes the smallest places have the most dirt. And, uh, and he's also a sociopath and that appealed to me. That yeah, so how they initially, how, how they pitched that character to you, and then what did you bring of your own to the character? Well, once they told me that it was based on a true story, and I spread it, and I saw that it was dripping with passion and purpose and direction, and had something to say, then Josh and I, the director, Josh Guppy, the young guy to watch for the future, we just crafted him, you know, what do sociopaths do? So once I found that his, he loved reptiles, uh, then we went on the hunt for his little deskmate. So, spoiler alert: he's, he loves he loves dragon lizards. So more than people, which just makes him perfect for a Midwest crime boss. Yeah, definitely a, a great role for you. And this was filmed, I believe, in 2019, right before I guess the shutdown for a lot of filming. Is that correct? Just so all locked correct. out on that. Correct. It was we get we we got it in before COVID, just before COVID. But I got I was able to do a lot of things during COVID. You know, my dear friend Bernard Rose and I collaborated on uh, along with Danny Houston and Stephen Dorff, Olivia Diabo, uh, Matthew Jacobs on a film called Traveling Light, which we shot in the first two months of the pandemic. And that's about to come out as well. I think uh either late late January, early February. So 
is another film which I'm very, very proud of. Another collaboration with Bernard, who directed me in Candyman, just FYI. Oh, that's awesome. I know you're going to be keeping busy. COVID didn't stop you, which is great. You got a lot no, of great stuff I coming out. To, I was able to build the studio in my home, and I did a lot of voiceover work from home, you know? And, you know, I play guitar, man. I got hobbies. I rescue <laughs> cats. What I love, man, I hate to use the word love for a time because a lot of people visit me, but I try to make try to make diamonds out of coal. And I loved uh, uh, planning your meals became a a task during COVID, you know, because first of all, you couldn't find toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was something we live for. And I think that's what traveling light brilliantly illuminates from uh, Bernard Rose. And all gone wrong, to go back to that, we shot before the world turned upside down. Yeah. And I noticed in this film, um, you're wearing a, a signature hat. And I've noticed in a lot of your films in real life, you love wearing these awesome hats that I'm jealous of, that your style in there. Where does this love for hats come from? And like, where do you get, you know, did you deliberately pick wearing a hat in this film? Because I know you love wearing those types of hats. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a film noir person. You know, I love old classic black and white films. That's that's my mindset. When I was a kid and I got my first little black and white TV, man, I couldn't wait for Friday and Saturday night movies. So, you know, in the good old days of gangsters and, and ricochets and hustlers, they all wore these wonderful fedoras and just stuck with me. And, and you know, and I go flash back to a time where that was a common thing for a man to put on before you go out. And as you go through time, it's faded away. But we're going to bring it back. And shout yeah. out to Born <laughs> Brothers. Yeah, they're stylish hats, and you they look great on you. So I need to find out where you're getting these awesome hats and see if I look decently. Yeah. Check out Gorn, brothers. You can always find something you like. I love it. Um, and this film, who stood out to you the most, um, actor-wise? They all did. I love Josh's work, the lead film. I love um, Max, the, my brilliant little tattooed monster that I had the final competition with. You know, everybody, and uh, everybody's committed. One thing about independent film, sometimes, you know, it's not about the paycheck necessarily. So you got to choose the people that are really passionate and drawn to the characters you're about to portray. And I think that's what you have here. Um, I know you have such an amazing and long resume in this business. And I thought it would be okay to touch on some of your work on a couple of pieces. Um, sure. I know we talked about theater. We just talked real quick about Candyman, but did you ever think that Candyman could be adapted into like a Broadway musical? Uh, anything's possible. I mean, Beetlejuice became a Broadway musical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, part of, part of the emphasis and the inspiration for Candyman was based on Phantom of the Opera. So and you see what a big Broadway hit that was. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly the style of Candyman lends itself to that. I would, I would be in the audience for that one. What if they ask you to star in it and take you back to the theater for that time? Singing is not my <laughs> forte, uh, I, but I love music. But I'm not blessed in that area. I'm blessed with the things I have and the things I can control. Yeah, for sure. And such an iconic voice. I know um, you've done a lot of voiceover in the superhero realms. With um, You did The Fallen. You've done Dark Side many times. Dark Zoom. Side. Yeah. 
and you, the upcoming Venom and Spider-Man. Exactly, I was going to just touch on that. But you also did Scareglow, if I'm correct, on Masters of the yes, Universe. Yes, Masters that, of the Universe. Yeah, that was super exciting. And now you're doing Venom, which is honestly one of my favorite. It is going to break the ceiling. That's all I can tell you. It is going to break the ceiling. All my followers at Nerdtropolis, that's like the one question they had to ask. Hey, I'm talking to Tony Todd. You know, what do you want to know? Uh, and they're like, Venom. We want to know about what his What do they want to know? I mean, the, the name itself tells you everything you need to know about the carnage to come, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you approach voicing such an iconic character? Uh, I was a, I was a only kid, so I grew up with comic books like most of the best of us nerds did. So as an adult, to be able to voice something that I loved and cherished so much as a child is like a dream come true. You know, I'm a nerd too, folks. So I'm telling you, listen to you know what I'm telling you when it says they hand me something or they call me and say, hey, we want you to play an iconic character. What do I say? No, I say, heck yeah. Come on now, let's bring the funk. So it's an honor and a pleasure. I got to say though, my two kids all during their growing up, I watched so many Disney movies and all I wanted to do was voice one of those characters. Never got it. Finally, when my daughter was in college at Wesleyan, uh, I got the Fallen and Transformers and I called her and said, guess what, baby, I'm playing a robot. And she goes, daddy, when are you going to grow up? And I said, <laughs> never, not in your lifetime. So, you know, tickle me until I laugh. I love that. That's what we're all about at Nerdtropolis, Tony. Like, we are all nerds of all ages and all times. So you definitely fit in with the Nerdtropolis crew. We'd like Wonderful. to make you an official citizen of Nerdtropolis. Thank you. I'm proud. <laughs> I wear my citizenship happily. Put a nerd in on my chest and I'll be happy. No, that's excellent. I didn't know this, but I had to go back and look. And I can't believe I missed it. But you play a Mocklin in the Orville in one of the episodes. Yes, I did. And I yep. went back to look, and I'm like, that is Tony Todd. I fell in love with that show uh, during COVID. I never watched it when it was around. And then I started, I was like, this is a brilliant show. What was it like to oh. be on the Orville? You know, it was the continuation of my sci-fi history. That particular episode was directed by Jonathan Frakes, who, you know, I knew from uh, uh, The Next Generation. Um so it was like family. And I know that Seth MacFarlane was a huge Star Trek fan, which is how the show got pitched and developed. And everything about the show is very meticulously detailed. And, you can, and it just overflows of joy and love. So it was happy to to sit back in the makeup chair and get extravagant makeup put back on. You know, it's, it's a good thing. And I remember walking down the street because our lunch truck was uh, far away from base camp. And I couldn't wait for the van. So I'm walking down downtown streets of Los Angeles and Michael <laughs> Michael makeup. And just watching how many people would notice and how or how many people would like look and not be embarrassed. Isn't your forehead a little large? <laughs> Do they put you through Mocklin school to kind of learn their ways? Because I know there's a lot of, you know, history with a lot of the characters that Seth has created, but they just put you yeah. in there and just Yeah, they gave us, you know, cheat sheets and stuff. But I mean I Aliens are not strangers to me, so <laughs> I just followed a couple of my Klingon friends and cross-connected to some people over at Stargate and zeroed back in and went to Blackman Land, so it's all good. Yeah, the Orville is definitely like a love letter to all sci-fi, especially Star Trek and more, but that's why I love the show so much. I think it takes so much from every sci-fi film that's been out there and created something so special and so passionate, so it's great to see Seth 
um, bringing all these people just like you to make an appearance, which was awesome. And then I had a question from one of our fellow citizens, Harvey. He really wanted to know if you will, or if you don't know, maybe, if you're gonna make a cameo in the new Final Destination movie. I don't know yet. However, I'm good friends with Jeffrey Reddick, who created Final Destination. So um, if it's meant to be, it'll be meant to be. I know they've been going back and forth for scripts and stuff. So, you know, when it's ready, I don't know how they could do it without me, but, you know, I'm not that much of an egotist to, to, uh, to just, you know, mandate that that's going to happen. We'll see. Right. And you see all these, you know, sequels coming out that are kind of like legacy sequels. Do you think, what do you think about all that? Like Scream, Candyman, Final Destination, stuff that we all grew up on. It's coming back in full force. What do you think about the, that type of genre kind of coming back? I think that's honorable, but I also wish that there, there are plenty of people out there that have gone to great acting and writing schools with the scripts of their own. And I believe in, uh, in shuffling in, you know, new original work with, with the chestnuts, as it were. Right. No, that's a, that's a good thought. Joseph, yeah. one of our citizens, wants to know, with your experience, have you thought about writing or directing something of your own? Yeah, I have. As Actually, I got my MFA in writing. The school I went to, Trinity Rep Conservatory, I wanted to be a writer at the time. But, you know, we had four different acting teachers, four different scenic teachers. We had the whole gamut. And so I took acting classes at the same time. But writing is what I really wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I tried my hand. I'm actually bringing up an old script called Sakeo that I made that I'm in talks with another actor to help me work with that. So we'll see. It's not over yet. Yeah, people are want to see a Tony Todd production, hmm. something coming out soon. And I'm also um, working on my autobiography. So Oh, that'd be great. That'll happen. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm excited to hear that because I know you have so much to tell us and it's such a such a great story uh, with all yes, your work. The adventures of a fellow nerd that's been blessed to be able to travel to the black corners of the world and see different things and people. <laughs> yeah, being a nerd, you know, what other fandoms of, of yours do you have? Other, you know, you obviously were in Star Trek, but personally, growing up as a kid, what were your fandoms? Um. Black and white movies, man. I'm obsessed with them to this day. I love Sterling Hayden, one of the greatest character actors ever. Asphalt Jungle, the setup. I love Billy Wilder, the director. Any film that he directed is is gold. Sunset Boulevard, Double Indemnity. I, you know, I, that's it. And I love cooking and creating. I made my own nachos the other night for the first time. <laughs> and you uh, have a cooking was, show now, then? No. <laughs> that's what I do for me. <laughs> we would like just, to see what type of recipes you come up with. <laughs> yeah, trust me. I, I, yeah, I love food, man. There's a great new restaurant here in L.A. called Willie Mays. started in New Orleans. Um, 96, she passed away. 96, when she passed the recipes on to her children, grandchildren, and so forth. And she just opened a satellite store out in L.A. So every Sunday after rehearsal, because we only have Mondays off, I stop by Willie A's and get my platter of delicious scrumptiousness. That sounds good. I have to check it out when I come out there. Always yeah. looking for new spots. I have uh, one final question for you from Brian. He says, is there something on your bucket list that you have yet to cross off um, career-wise? Uh, yeah, I can't wait to direct. Um, that would be eye-opening. That's what we're all waiting for. Among, among many things. 
<laughs> but directing, yeah. I just, you know, I've been blessed, man. I, I, I'm lucky enough to be in a in an industry that's very hard to get into, and it sustains me, and it's paid for my my children's college careers, and uh, uh, and and just leaves me at peace and happy. And happiness is the pursuit of everything that we hold in our heart. No, yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's super inspirational. I agree with you 100%. Doing what you're passionate about, you know, the paychecks will come, but do what you're happy about and just support who you need to support. I love that. Thank you. This was a great honor and pleasure. And we welcome you to our wonderful city of Nertropolis. I appreciate it. Thank you for the welcome. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. You have a great day. You too. Thank you very much. Once again, this is Chantage, the mayor of Nertropolis. And stay tuned for more movie news, reviews, interviews, and trailers.